Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Welcome to the Asia Tech Podcast. This is Blockchain Asia, and we're back again. We're back. Happy was, New Year. For those who didn't know that we had a little bit of a computer glitch, but now it's working. Yep. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. First um, recording of the year of 2019. 2019. Yeah, First time. one. Good to be back in the studio. Time flies. So I'm Gustavo Liu, and I'm back with my co-host, uh, Michelle Wonderland. So happy to be back again. I know. I was yeah. just well saying before when we were recording that I had separation anxiety. I was yeah. like, yay. Well, I was so used to fun. seeing you all the time. And we're going to be doing a monthly recording going forward. Yep. So for those of you who've been listening and expecting us to come up every week, um, now is every month. And anticipation is going to be longer. Today, we have a very special guest, Edgar, Ed Garcia. From, uh, he does a lot of work with um, Hashgraph, which is a topic that is extremely interesting. Um, and it's something that I've been fascinated about, wanting to learn more, especially when they talk about the sort of inefficiencies of blockchain. I see it more as like the mutated cousin of, um, of blockchain, is that Hashgraph. We played this joke twice already, so don't don't be surprised if we're not laughing. Oh, there's no like live feedback, like la laugh track, you know? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> That's what we need. Um, but Edgar, welcome. And uh, we were just, I, you know, we're off offline. We I, we got to know you a little bit better. You've essentially done a lot of work, not just in Singapore but in other parts of the world. Do you want to share with us a little bit about your work in Ghana? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, first of all, uh, thanks Gus and Michelle for having me here. Um, yeah, I was in uh, I was in Ghana in from 2012 to 2014. So I was uh, initially had had gone there for a short visit. Uh, ended up visiting a, an orphanage. Uh, was very touched by what the orphanage did, and went back to Ghana uh, initially for well the second time for three months to build up a, a water company where the profits would get donated to the orphanage. And when I was there, I ran into um, uh, a guy, a former colleague, uh, who I used to work with at Merrill Lynch in New York and who's Ghanaian. And uh, we, we had this idea for uh, a social enterprise, a, a leadership development program for young Africans um, to build and, and train socially conscious leaders. And I was very inspired by the idea, and so I decided to stay on um, in Ghana and build out the, the organization. So I was there from 2012 to 2014, got the organization uh, financially sustainable, and hired a full-time CEO to take over for me uh, in 2014. And she's been doing a great job growing the organization ever since. And yeah. then you went off. Sorry. To, I was yeah. just going to say, now, how do you go from, you know, working in banking, you know, working in finance and, you know, and then going to Ghana? Like, well, how does that, <laughs> how, how did you come to that point? Of and then you places. stayed. You know, yep. so, it, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, the, the way I, I think about life, um, you know, it's, I, I just try to let things come to me and, and I do things that interest me at that point in time. Free spirit. Uh, yeah, uh, very much so. And so when I, you know, truth is when I started my, my career in uh, finance, um, I never saw finance as, you know, a, a long-term career. Uh, it, yeah. was always, it was always a, a stepping stone. And um, in fact, when I was in college and, and we had 
talked about this uh, a little bit. I I did this program called Semester at Sea, and we went to a lot of developing countries, and that was my first time, uh, my first exposure to how um, people live in many parts of the world. You know, it's you know when you grow up in Singapore and you you go to college in the U.S., you you know you, you live this sheltered life, and but when you start to travel and uh, you, you get to see uh, how people live all over the world and. It was the first time I realized that well, there were a lot of people that um, lived in much uh, poorer and more difficult environments than uh, than I grew up in, and um, I, I, you know, it, it hit me quite hard. I, I certainly felt that I was very lucky to have um, to be born in Singapore and uh, and have the opportunities I had. So. Inspired me to want to do something in the nonprofit world at some point in my life. So well, when when we grow up in in such a uh, comfortable lifestyle, right, when everything is sort of um, provided and and done, I think that mentality of social impact mm-hmm. it doesn't really we don't get that realization until we go to other parts of the world and we see that hardship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is tough. Africa of all places, <laughs> right? And then you go India, you have a lot of parts of the world that are extremely tough. And yeah. mm-hmm. that is some of the things that I think more Singaporeans should do. They should go out of, of Singapore and, and visit more countries. Yeah, I, I certainly encourage that. Um, yeah, and so, and, you know, back to your, your question about, uh, about finance, uh, I saw finance as a stepping stone, uh, believe it or not, into the nonprofit world. I, I saw mm-hmm. it as a, as a place where I could... Um, you know, learn as much as I could, and I could I could save up money, and so that I had the the freedom as well as the knowledge to do uh, things in the in the nonprofit world after that. Yeah, so, yeah, fantastic. And you stayed for two years. Uh, what in finance? No, uh, stayed in, oh, in Ghana. Ghana. Yeah. Yes, yeah. In, in Ghana, I stayed for two years. Yeah, and then you traveled to Latin America. You were you were sharing. I with? I did. So after I quit my job uh, at Merrill Lynch in 2010, I. I spent about two years or so traveling around, and mm-hmm. and so I ended up spending quite a lot of time in Latin America. Yeah, my hometown, yeah. Foz de Iguazu. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went Asuncion as well, which is the capital of Paraguay. Yep. Is initially where I spent actually quite a good earlier years over there. It was it was really um, tough during the the sort of eighties because that was when Stroner was sort of losing um, power and. It was a transition and transition period, and there was a little war during that time. That yeah. was the time when I where I spent it. No, I I, I can't imagine. No, I, no, I can't imagine how how difficult <laughs> it, it must have been. But yeah. And how did you get exposure to blockchain? Tell us a little bit about how how you got involved to that. Sure. Yeah. So I have been uh, an a, investor and advisor to early stage tech companies since 2012, yeah. and. Um, you know, was have been looking very closely at the blockchain space uh, for the last, you know, three years or so. You know, I've always been very excited about the potential of this of the space, but saw a lot of limitations with um, the the technologies uh, at that point. Right? So, so hang mm-hmm. on, take one step back, mm-hmm. right? You were a born trader, yeah, and you invested in startup technology. That's right. That is rare because bond traders generally are more sort of risk averse. Mm. The nature of bond, they yeah. understand bonds, right? Mm. 
and now you're not only did you like didn't go on like investing on like this exchange stock market but you went to the highest risk appetite <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is startup world yeah uh, maybe but i i think it just came out of uh interest from from wanting to learn about what's next and and what's you know what our future looks like and you know I've been, i was fortunate to uh, to meet a lot of tech entrepreneurs that they were doing very interesting things. Okay. So that's how that's how my journey as an investor got started. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I think more people should learn from this because, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you look at, like, the nature of debt and equity, right, mm. and yeah. then you get the other dimension, which is still equity, but then you get these tiny little valuations that it's more of an art than a science. And the fact that you were exposed to across this entire um, region. And I, I also think that because uh, we look at entrepreneurs and their ability to take risk. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you traveled around, you dropped everything and you went on to look to solve problems, real pro mm -hmm. problems around the world. That is in essence what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so blockchain... You mentioned that you were doing, was it trading first or you were studying? Yeah, no, I, I think my my early part of the journey was really just out of interest. And so I was just doing a lot of reading and, um, and, and learning about, you know, at that point it was primarily Bitcoin and, uh, and proof of work blockchain. And, um, and then over time just, you know, got a little bit more involved in investing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like I said earlier, I was always very excited about the potential um, for the space and uh, you know the ability to move to more decentralized models. Um, and you know, in June of 2017, uh, a friend of mine uh, introduced me to the Hashgraph technical white paper. Yeah, um, was that out, just our curiosity? Sure. Is that out of like disappointment for what blockchain wasn't able to achieve or is it was there any form of like or was it purely like okay let's compare these two technologies and see which one is more effective yeah uh, well when when i you know for me at that point i was just learning and i was just trying to read as much as i could but um when i read the hashgraph technical white paper i was blown away yeah. by by what dr lehman baird our chief scientist and, and co-founder of Hedera Hashgraph had invented with the Hashgraph consensus algorithm. Um, it literally solves all the limitations of existing blockchain technology. And see, so, so this is where I come in because I don't know about hash, Hashgraph. And, sure. you know, so I know that um, we were, you know, talking about that, you know, it's great to be able to have this explanation, you know, like where, where do you find that blockchain falls short? You know, because like I look at blockchain, I think, oh, yeah, it can solve everything. But I mean, really, you know, there are things that, you know, putting things on, the, you know, using the technology can't. But what can right. Hashgraph do? How, <laughs> you know, you, how do you, you know, how does this all work? Sure. Um, well, I, I can, let's start with the properties of Hashgraph. And, Explain and to us like a three-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, because that's like where I'm coming from. Yeah. Well, I also like, I think it's very interesting every time like to hear how it is, right? And yeah. that essentially the inefficiencies of blockchain was what Hash was able to address. And so right. explain to us like we are three-year-old and how, how do we go about understanding Hashgraph? Uh, well, I, I will do my best. <laughs> well, let, let's start with the properties of, of Hashgraph. Um, so, so Hashgraph is a, is a consensus algorithm, um, just like proof-of-work blockchain is a consensus algorithm. Mm -hmm. And okay. 
it's you know what a consensus algorithm uh, is trying to achieve is to get a, a group of people mm-hmm. that may not know each other and may not trust mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, the to, Byzantine um, dilemma, right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. Um, uh, so this group of people that that may not know each other, may not trust each other, to come to an agreement on typically um, a set of well, to come to an agreement on something, right? Mm-hmm. And and we usually uh, to come to an agreement on the transactions that have occurred, as well as the order of the transactions okay. that have occurred. And um, you know, it, let's. Let's use proof of work blockchain as um, as a starting point. Um, what Satoshi Nakamoto had invented with proof of work blockchain, and, and Bitcoin being the you know the most famous application of this technology, is um, he he allowed for the first time um, for for people that that don't know each other to come to an agreement on on something right. Created a, a a decentralized ledger, and so prior to that, all the other models required everyone to uh, like a middle party or somebody to validate. Yeah, it e- either either that. a centralized party uh, or prior uh, consensus mechanisms required you to know everybody else in the network. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and, um, and what Sato- uh, and Satoshi Nakamoto's breakthrough was that you don't have to know. Yep. You don't have to trust the people in the network. Yep. You just need to trust the math yeah. behind how how all this works, and um, yeah. So so proof of work blockchain, and you know, to it, in a simplified uh, explanation, is uh, there are a, a group of what we call miners that yep. solve this cryptographic. So they- Puzzle. They essentially validate everything that keeps getting. They they kind of go to this chase to validate every single step that keeps happening on the blockchain. Yeah, that's right. So the miners validate the transactions, mm. uh, but how do you how do you get them to uh, to decide on the order of the, of the transactions? Yeah. And the way they that system works is everyone, all the miners compete to solve a cryptographic puzzle. Uh, think of it like a Sudoku puzzle. I was gonna say that sounds awesome. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do this. Something you do on the train or in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And um, and the miner that solves the puzzle first wins the right to to publish the next block. Okay. So the and they earn the gas in this exchange. They, they earn the the reward. The reward yeah. yeah. Um, and and so that's how that system decides uh, the. Um, the order of the transactions. It first decides who's the miner, and then the miner is the one that that publishes the the block and decides which transactions goes into into that block. Now, um, Hashgraph. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll talk about the properties of a proof of work blockchain first. It's um, you know it's it's quite it's slow relative yeah. to. Um, it used to take weeks. Well, and then it's done like days and not, then hours. Yeah, so so mm. basically, um, it's uh, Bitcoin proof of work blockchain does five transactions per second, mm. um, and to and it uses up a lot of energy. Yeah, right. Very a lot of uh, electricity, uh, and it also you also never hit 
you never achieve 100% certainty yep. mm-hmm. um, on the transactions. Um, because it's, uh, so it's a, it's a chain of blocks, but the chain can split into yeah, two. A fork. Right, can fork. Um, and, and there are soft forks and, and hard forks. Yeah. But like what happened to Bitcoin and Ethereum, the Ethereum tokens? Yeah, that's right. So they, uh, both platforms have experienced hard forks. Yeah. Um, but, and because forks can exist, you, uh, a transaction is only considered confirmed by the community if, if multiple blocks have been, uh, have been published, then you can confirm a, a block that occurred, you know, maybe six blocks ago or, or 20 blocks yeah. Uh, ago, right? And then the transaction in that block from 20 blocks ago can be considered confirmed by the community. But you're never, you're never hitting 100% certainty um, uh, of a transaction. Yeah. Now... Because the system wasn't designed to get 100% certainty to begin with. It's as long as you get 51%, that would be okay, right? Yeah, but more well, than 51%. No, actually, that, that's, a, it, uh, that's a different okay, thing. Okay, it's you're, a different... Yeah, okay. you're talking about the hashing power, but okay. um, we, we won't go into that uh, yeah. at this point, uh, although we can if you want to. No. Um, <laughs> Let's get to where... Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> I'm trying to, like, get my mind around so far, like, what you're saying. <laughs> right. I'm like, all right. So, um, now, Hashgraph um, is a consensus algorithm Um that can hit over a hundred thousand transactions per second, mm-hmm. um, with a hundred percent certainty uh, on uh, on the transactions, um, and very importantly, it achieves the highest level of security possible in distributed consensus. So there's there's a there's a standard um, in this of security in distributed consensus called asynchronous. Byzantine fault tolerance mm-hmm. or ABFT. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't invent this. This has been around in computer science for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, for decades, no one thought it was possible for to create a consensus algorithm that achieved ABFT but was scalable. Yep. And, uh, and Lehman um, spent years of his life working on this and had a breakthrough in, in 2015 um, with the invention of uh, the Hashgraph consensus algorithm. Cool. Yeah. And so what it's at what stage is it at? Because last I heard, and that was been a while, right? Cause so all this while we've been focusing on blockchain a lot. Um, what sort of applications or is, th- is it still sort of, um, you guys are still collaborating, trying to find, uh, to, to actually get it into actual usage or... At uh, what stage is there at this moment? Yeah, th- no, that that's a great question. So um, maybe I'll start a little bit with the, the timeline up until now. So mm-hmm. uh, Lehman started working on this problem in 2012. Uh, Hashgraph was invented in 2015. Yep. Uh, prior to uh, last year in 2017, prior to that, um, Hashgraph has only been used in private uh, permission use cases by enterprise clients. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in March of 2017, we announced Hedera Hashgraph, yep. uh, which is the public ledger okay. built on top of the Hashgraph consensus algorithm. And um, the network uh, went live at the end of August 2000. I'm sorry. We announced 
uh, Hedera in March of 2018. Mm. Okay. So, okay. Uh, and then uh, the network went live in August 2018. And um, we spent the, the first few months uh, after the network went live doing internal testing. Um, in December, we opened up uh, the network for community testing. Uh, okay. And different groups of developers have had uh, early access to the network so that they can start building applications. So it's a pl platform, essentially, for that, people that's to That's right. So it, it's uh, Hedera Hashgraph is a, is a network and a yeah. platform for, uh, for developers to build distributed applications on top of. Dude, so that's... I mean, the way that you're describing it and, and you have this platform, I mean, why would anybody, you know, use blockchain? That's, you know, I'm playing the devil, you know, because obviously I'm an evangelist on, you know, what blockchain technology can do, but I don't yep. even know, you know, I might know, you know a certain amount. But here's this, and the transactions are quicker, mm -hmm. more precise. Yep. But do, does it have to be, that's the question I've asked myself as well, yeah. like, does it always have to be one or the other? Or are, what is the intention? Like, is it to get blockchain developers to switch over to Hashgraph? Is that, or is it to like simultaneously explore both and see which one works? Uh, well, I, the the intention. Uh, well, let's let's start with Lehman's intention. His Lehman's vision is to build the trust layer of the internet, mm -hmm. where we no longer have to have um, uh, centralized organizations. You know, Which monetize is what our information. Claims claims to want to do, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's right. And, and let me let me be clear. And uh, so, it, it also uh, it also depends on what do you mean by blockchain. Now, blockchain can yeah. okay. can refer to proof of work blockchain. Yep. Right. The the consensus algorithm, and but many people also use blockchain to to mean the entire distributed ledger technology right. ecosystem. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and Hashgraph is a is a DLT is a distributed ledger technology, uh, and it's a it's a consensus algorithm just like proof of work blockchain is a consensus algorithm. Mm -hmm. uh, it does everything that proof of work blockchain does, um, and more. Uh, yep. it, it introduces so it's it's faster, uh, it's more secure. It also introduces for the first time the concept of fairness. Okay. And, by that, I mean that there's no member of the community that can uh, manipulate the order of the transactions that enter into the ledger. But can't, I mean, if you think about blockchain and you can't change it or it's technically immutable, immutable yeah. Yep. So isn't that the same or is it? Yep, that's, that's right. Okay. Yep. But then you have this extra, you know, it's like blockchain tech for this, like, on, on speed. <laughs> you know, like. Yes. Okay. So do you see Hashgraph um, as a completely different technology from the actual what is understood as blockchain now, or is it more blockchain or steroids? <laughs> well, that, that also depends on what do you mean when you say blockchain? Do you mean the yeah. entire... I mean, all the concepts that they're talking about, the trust, you know, the trustless, the, yeah. the zero proof and all of that. And... What about all the research that Ethereum Foundation and, and all of the all mm. these foundations, researchers and scientists have poured their mm -hmm. heart and soul and time yep. onto building a better sort of technology on top of the blockchain? Yep. And now you come and say, well, Hashgraph is faster <laughs> and better, like abandon that. Or are we talking about, hey, you know what, like these are collectively kind of in the same kind of 
stuff and you just have to yes so so collectively um yeah we 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 are very much a, a part of the entire ecosystem yeah um there are uh, applications that can run on the other platforms uh they will also be able to to run on our platform will just be faster and more secure and um yeah and, and so we are we we certainly view ourselves as um the the cutting edge of the of the ecosystem yeah uh both from a from, both from a technology standpoint and and also how we're putting together the the governance uh mm -hmm. for our platform and yeah i i think we you know we're in this with everybody else to to really tr just try to move this thing forward yeah. and, I was yeah. going to say, I have a question. So like the, um, are they compatible or is it one or the other? Can you build on top of, you know, so you have a wider variety of options to use, although. Or is it a different yeah. language or, yeah. or do coders have to relearn a whole new, like sort of the new language? Yeah. So, so actually one, one of the, the benefits of Hedera Hashgraph is that, um, Developers, you don't have to learn a, a brand new programming language. Um, if you're familiar with uh, with Java, if you're familiar with uh, GoLang, uh, whatever language you're familiar with, you'll be able to build on top of our platform. Cool. Yeah. This brings actually very. Um, it, it actually kind of creates a segment into the articles that you wanted to talk about, mm. right? And and the article you submitted, not only one, but you submitted two, and both of them are actually extremely important because both of these articles are, are topics that we spoke about with other guests pre previously. Yeah. In 2018. In 2018, so, yeah. about yeah. how ICOs and the situations of the sort of the winter of, of what the ICO world is experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so the topic of this one is saying that goodbye to the, blockchain romantics right and that actually goes to what you were saying on the aspect of you know is there is this blockchain as what we know today as decentralized as as it appears to be because as soon as somebody changed the the code mm -hmm. or changes the rules of the game mm -hmm. everybody have to change the direction towards that mm -hmm. and suddenly what they were working on initially was suddenly I wouldn't say useless, but it wouldn't be as as applicable anymore. So, can you talk to us a little bit about this? Yeah, I you know if if you look at if you look at what blockchain has been or used for so far, um, you know most companies have just used it as a fundraising mechanism, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah, for the crypto uh, purposes, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, to to raise funding to do uh, an ICO. And, um, you know, now that uh, the way we view it, now, now that the, the market has, has come down so much, mm. um, that has, um, you know, we think been beneficial for the entire ecosystem because now, now we can just focus on building. It weeds right? out all the players. It, 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 it weeds <laughs> out all the, all the players and, yeah. and unfortunately... Uh, um, you know, there've been a lot of scams in, in the space as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're glad to see the industry move away from that. Well, mm -hmm. I, I would say it's fortunately, right? I mean, it's unfortunate to the people that got scammed. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the 2007 financial um, crisis, the, the, the sort of the great financial crisis, yep. the whole purpose of making the financial system stronger and more resilient to certain shocks was because 
people, I mean, sadly had to be sacrificed due to the supreme crisis. And then people understood that, oh, there is a flaw, right? Like banks weren't supposed to be that creative and they, we suddenly allowed them to be creative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the same thing I would say with blockchain, um, with the crypto space, maybe the technology, although back then Satoshi or Vitalik, they've written about it, about how this new sort of utopia economy, but the crypto space was actually what created a lot of fraud. And if it wasn't because of that, I think today our systems wouldn't be so well positioned. I, th I think we're, we're getting there. It's getting slightly better step at a time. And they are inevitable, those first sort of ships that have to be sacrificed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's very similar to, uh, I would equate it more to the tech bubble boom in, mm -hmm. in the late 90s where... There was a, you know, everyone was throwing a lot of money into any internet company, anything that was dot com. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but out of, uh, and then there was a big crash. But, uh, but in that, during that crash, there were a lot of meaningful businesses that were built and, and a lot of infrastructure that was laid to, you know, to, um, to see a lot of the advancements uh, that we have today. Mm. And that leads to the second article that you talked about, which is the crypto winter mm -hmm. wasn't the real story of 2018, and it won't be for 2019 either, which is essentially what you said about, um, and I, I like how they are connected, right? Because mm -hmm. the one connecting, sort of if you look at it from a Venn diagram perspective, the common factor yeah. is that people talk about how blockchain is not regulated, but that's just not true. Blockchain by is... By everybody or by no central person. You know, well, yeah, it's... I would say governments are more entrepreneurial than you th than the most people think. Yeah, but I'm saying not regulated for. by like a government, but because you have everything kind yeah. of out there. So, you know, but one the, part fails somebody. But what I mean is that government... That a lot of people are saying like, well, governments are against blockchain. But that is not true. The reason why they're regulated is because they want blockchain to happen. That's the whole point. Otherwise, they would just... Tell is what is a scam, and we just push it out. It's supposed to regulating it. Regul I think the concept of regulation is what most people don't fully understand. And I think we talked a couple of times before was about how entrepreneurial governments are, and in actual fact, Singapore government is very entrepreneurial and is very supportive very so, of blockchain. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. how, is that how what you experience here in Singapore? Yeah, uh, and, you know, I so I run uh, the the Asia Pacific region for the company. I'm responsible for Japan all the way down to Australia. And, you know, there's a, there's a reason why I'm here in Singapore because it's, you know, the, the government has really done a nice job in, in supporting the, uh, this technology and, and building the ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. And it isn't just even in, in this, it's also, I was just reading in Straits Times today that, uh, you know, uh, Singapore is now set up to be the AI hub, you know, where they're, you know, so it's uh, these other that we can, you can start to overlay technologies and put practical applications on them, which is exciting. And yeah. it's all about platforms, right? Gone mm -hmm. are the days where people are just talking about, like, you know, use this case. And that, that is the only thing that we will be looking at. And let's fund all that. Yeah. Now it's all about let's build a foundation and what can we, you know, allow everybody else to come and contribute. And that is essentially what you are doing for Hashgraph, isn't it? You want more developers to come in and explore applications for for usage. That's right, yeah. Uh, and and I think to your, I, I think earlier on you had asked me about uh, applications that are building on our platform. So we we have over 100 uh, different applications that have committed to building on our platform. Wow. Uh, so so maybe 
just to go back to the timeline, we're we're in testing phase at the moment, where we're expecting that the network will be open up to the public in uh, March or April, so in about a couple of months. When you say open up to the public, do you mean like third-party developers, or do you mean the actual public? Or, yeah, well, I mean, to uh, to developers. So right okay. now, for them to participate in our in our testing phase, they have to they have to come talk to us, okay. or they have to register and fill out some things and. Um, and so it's centralized because they have to come and talk to you. It's in beta, oh, man. It, it's, it's, it's in beta. In beta. <laughs> uh, not, not, I'm just nothing. being silly, yeah. but I, <laughs> well, uh, decentralization is very much a, a pact, <laughs> not a not something yeah. that happens on day one. And uh, and yeah, but at Open Access, uh, all developers they will no longer have to talk to us. They can just start building. Is it easy though? I mean, like, I think about... Well, I, I'm, you I'm not a developer, but uh, the developers that I've spoken to uh, have said it's it's actually very easy to build on our platform, much easier than other platforms that they've nice. experienced. Oh, yep. Nice. Awesome. So what is what is the um, some of the applications that you've seen um, being built on, um, that's sort of being explored on Hashgraph? This is the actual sure. user cases. Are we talking about... I guess payment and transactions. There's, there's one system that blockchain has kind of been very well known for. Um, would Hashgraph have a different type of? And then we talk about like smart contracts, right? Yep. Yeah. And that's another way of like sort of transferring data onto. Um, so what what sort of application are we talking about? Well, really a, a very wide range of applications, but mm -hmm. I can I can certainly highlight a, a few. So uh, Satara is a is a pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. So I think they were sold for uh, close to $800 million two years ago. And they, uh, they are building uh, an application to track supply chain of their, of, uh, their drugs mm -hmm. yep. uh, on, on the Hedera Hashgraph platform. You have another uh, company um, called Almond that is using it, uh, our platform to, uh, to track uh, also the, the food supply chain. Okay. Uh, we have another company that is uh, building uh, or tokenizing real estate and okay. um, and you know using our technology to to do that. So we actually have a a, a wide range, and, and we have some um, big enterprises. Some um, we haven't made it publicly known yet, uh, but we will soon over the next month or so. Uh, some big enterprises that are that are launching applications on our platform as well. So uh, when you these were, are these will be big multinational corporations. When you were talking about that, you could you know you could have your application be relative because all I can think of is I draw that parallel to blockchain and mm -hmm. how you know food tech safety, yep. medical you know all of this. I, I can't help but it's difficult for me to separate, um, you know, except for the benefits of what you, you know, the three benefits, and those are really huge benefits that you mentioned about, yep. you know, having the transactions be uh, faster, like yep. exponentially faster. Yep. And, you know, and, but I'm trying to like wrap my head around it because, you know, obviously if I was, you know, a if I was building on the platform, I would probably choose, you know, yours because it just seems like much more beneficial. Sure. Um, but, like, so what does your platform solve more so besides the things, um, it, does it solve more than, let's say, blockchain technology? I know you mentioned trust, yeah. uh, and that's interesting. But do you think, and here's the second question, do you think that governments might adopt, uh, you know, Hashgraph? Do you uh, think that's a future? 
Yes, absolutely. So I'll, I'll touch on your, your first question. So maybe I can just clarify. So the first question was around um, what does Hashgraph solve that blockchain doesn't? Yes. Yeah. Um, Speed, right? Uh, I it think was, that's sure. one of the Yeah, yeah so, so maybe uh, to take a step back. So, so Hashgraph is, is a consensus algorithm just like blockchain is a consensus algorithm. Yeah. So and it's at it's at the bottom layer of the of the tech stack. So anything that's built on top of it uh, doesn't uh, other than the properties that that the consensus algorithm provides and speed and security being two important ones, uh, it, it doesn't really care as much um, because all the consensus algorithms do exactly the same thing. They mm -hmm. just order the transactions mm -hmm. uh, a certain way uh, and in a trustless manner, right? Okay. Where you don't need to know all the other parties in the network. So, um, yeah, so, so Hashgraph, what Hashgraph can do, so Hashgraph does everything that, that blockchain can do. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it introduces new sets of applications and use cases uh, that are just not possible on existing blockchain technology. Can I okay. also and attempt to reply that question um, sure. in the manner that um, let's look at a traditional car, right? Okay. A lot of the problem where a, a car breaks down, it has to do with the engine and, and how it gets overheated and all of that. And, and so you've got um, people like Elon Musk that suddenly came here and then say, and a lot of car companies say, how do we make the engine better? How do we make, how do we cool it down? And then they were like, well, Elon Musk was like, why do we even need an engine? Let's get rid of the engine and replace it with battery. And that was essentially the way I see how blockchain, because you've got okay. all these other companies like Ethereum and all the other, like US and all of that, trying to say, how do we do the current what we have right now and make it better? And let's look at technologies like Polkadot or, or um, you know, all these other technologies, like how to make it faster and more trustworthy. Mm. But then... Um, the people from the group of Hashgraph essentially came in and said like, well, why do we even need that? Like, why don't we just like go and build this completely different? And that, that is the way I see it. That's right. So, so Lehman's approach uh, is completely different from, from yeah. blockchain, yeah. Uh, but it does the same things. Okay. Just faster, uh, more secure, um, and also introduces for the first time the concept of fairness, Yeah. right? Where, where no one can manipulate the order of the transactions that enter into the And future. I think there will be more and more of this going forward. I mean, I guess Hashgraph will be the one that sort of explore that that different divergence of, of should we always just keep trying to find solution on, on Ethereum, on Bitcoin and all of this technology? Because Bitcoin was built on top of, like it was Bitcoin version one, right? The, the blockchain one and then blockchain version two was Ethereum and then you could mm -hmm. all the other versions. And Hashgraph just went like, we don't need any of this. It's just completely built something completely different. And so the second part is mm -hmm. government adoption. You know, right? Uh, yeah, we we have been we have been speaking to government entities uh, all across Asia and all across the world. Um, so they're uh, they they're certainly looking at our technology, looking very closely at our technology. Uh, as we all know, it. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for governments to uh, to adopt and implement. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, a reason why um, a lot of sort of blockchain adopters has decided to build on top of blockchain because the education process, especially with government regulator, 
um, a lot of other sort of res new researchers come in, you wouldn't have to re-educate an entirely new system. Mm -hmm. And I can see the challenges sort of climbing Mount Everest all over again mm. and get them to understand. And do you think, do you experience a lot of reluctances? And people are just saying, well, why don't we just, why, why do we even need to look at Hashgraph? Uh, from government? From or government or even developers or even, you know, as uh, uh, across, um, let's say, Asia. How are they receiving How are they receiving it? Well, certainly in, in Asia, there is a, there's a lot of excitement from, um, you know, in this space, uh, both from, from startups to enterprises to, to governments. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think uh, it's clear to everyone that this is going to be a meaningful part of our lives in the future. Yeah. Uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to how we get there and, and what that really looks like. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there, there is a, there's a lot of attention. Um, I feel like I just figured out blockchain. <laughs> and then now it's like, hash grab. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly why I was like, so yeah, tell me like I'm five. Wait, I think I just figured out blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you explained it beautifully. And I think that was where um, we, it, it got us to understand because when I was listening to podcast recordings before coming out from California and uh, New York, and they were already mentioning hash graphs, but it was very much on the sort of reference of what was um, being explored. And I think they were onboarding people. Mm. At the time when I was listening, it was about two years ago, and they were just like the second person just onboarded onto like, you know, working together on this technology. And now it looks like they have a hold. You are the head of Asia Pacific. So that is a quite a big sort of um, growth there in this space. Yeah, no, we, we've certainly grown a lot uh, over the last uh, two years. Um, so I joined the company about a year and a half ago, and I was employee number five or so. And uh, we have 60 people in the company now. Wow. So. Yeah, throughout the world? Throughout the world, yeah. yes. Uh, so uh, can I understand, like, did, you, did the company raise funds? We did, yeah. Okay. So um, we raised $124 million last year. How was it raised? Was it on... Did you guys use crypto? <laughs> <Did it>? Yeah. <laughs> How did you raise? You that? built your own platform yeah. <laughs> using blockchain. Yeah. So okay. uh, we did it uh, via a, a token sale. Okay. Blockchain to oh, was it a hash graph token sale was blockchain. Uh, yeah. I mean, the if you want to dive into the more specifics, it's uh, in the form of a, a SAF, the Simple Agreement for Future Tokens. Okay. Oh. Um, and. Yeah, so the the way that that works at a at a high level is just a it's just a legal agreement. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a contract. Just like if if um if someone wanted to invest in your company, and yeah, safe agreement, a safe agreement. Yeah, same thing. And then uh, at some point when at some point when when tokens are uh, exist and are created, then the the investors will will receive the tokens at some point in the future. Interesting. Yeah. Did you earn in tokens? Or do you earn <laughs> in, in fiat? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always that dilemma, right? Like, like when you raise in, in tokens, then the tokens can just fall. In. And I, I actually wonder, do people still sort of receive, are, they, are the developers happy to receive um, you know, token payments? Uh, it, it really depends on, on 
who you are and, and your risk appetite. Uh, uh, but yes, I mean, everyone in our company gets a portion of the compensation in fiat and, and a portion in tokens. That's, That's cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't know the value of the tokens until like, you know, when, when things start to pick up. It's just like, look at um, some of the tech stocks, right? Yeah. A lot of tech stocks kind of went underwater during the, the dot-com um, period. And then they didn't pick up until the recent sort of, you know, substantially. I mean, look at Google and NVIDIA. Those stocks kind of had a huge spike in the last very recent two to three years. Before mm. that, they were pretty much flat or mm. just a little bit on the upside. Right. So what, um, what is the future? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the, the future is the, the world becomes more and more uh, decentralized and, and we start to see, um, you know, I, I think 2019 will be the year where we start to see real use cases and applications mm-hmm. um you know up until this point you know probably everyone in this room hasn't doesn't use anything on a day-to-day basis that's that's really blockchain related no but almost I, I, almost. almost um you know tara oh yeah there were like this booking system that is sort of like and they i think the reason i don't know did they pull out they just went completely quiet you can't even book a it was like the the grab version that they say it was built on top of the blockchain but and i was super excited i was like wow uber goes squeezed out and then you go grab and then tara came in but then like the last month last two months they haven't heard much try booking with it couldn't book anything so i think we are back again at like no <laughs> no daily usage yeah well i you know i i think 2019 will will change that uh, there are a lot more platforms and hadera hashgraph is one of um, a, a few different platforms that are that are coming up where that will be much faster and you know, I, I think you will see a shift. Um, it will be equivalent to moving from a 56K modem dial-up to, to broadband. I was just so, thinking from moving from a Netscape browser to, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so do you, you feel that 2019 when is, you feel pretty confident about the common person adopting uh, well, I because this it's it, always been a, yeah. it's still a struggle, but you know as more people are getting a little more comfortable with crypto, a little well, actually that's debatable whether they're getting a little, but at least people are are now starting to know and be informed. Right. No, I and and the truth is at at scale, um, I, ideally, and and even for us as a company, we would want a, a user to be using an application and not know that Hadera oh, yeah. Hashgraph is, yeah. is underneath that. Absolutely. Yeah. Even right. AI, like some yeah. of the That's most right. successful AI companies, you 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 don't know what is AI. Like you Google mm. Translate, for instance. Like you don't know there's any form of AI at the back or even Alexa, right? Yeah. You don't think that there is AI at the back. But what is interacting with you looks like it's another sort of instant human translator yeah. or human being. Yep. And what the powerful AI isn't about like branding itself as AI, but more like, you know, you, you are sort of the back engine that's of right. what makes it seem okay. work. And yeah, I think that is right. essentially your point, right? Yep. Do every, does my grandma needs to know blockchain when she wants to do a transaction? Not really, right. but as long as she is using that successful platform, that is the most important thing. That, mm-hmm. That's right. And um, I, I think this year is when we will start to see 
some applications okay. that will be that will actually be useful and 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 I will want to use on a on a daily basis. Awesome, cool. and I can't wait to uh, see how. Um, I think the interesting part would be when we do use it more frequently. Let's say in a in you know a couple of years time and. Um, People start exploring, you know, what, you know, what, what are the differences, and and is there really, was there really a need, and if there is, why didn't we think about it earlier? How much time have we wasted, um, sort of trying to push it aside, um, and avoiding it? Um, what I'm looking forward to is that things are going to be so efficient. Applications are so efficient, so you know, yeah, really evolved. That, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm excited when I imagine that it looks like. I know it's going to feel like, because it's going to feel like, yeah, you know what, I'm using this over this. And yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be fun. Yeah. This has been exciting. Um, I could talk whole day about like what are the user cases and how can we do it. You got a problem, come to me. I've got a ton of problems that I could like <laughs> throw on you, your developers to go and solve. Um, but yeah, this has been exciting. Thank you so much, Edgar, um, for joining us. And I, I can't wait to bring you again um, yeah. in a couple months. Yeah. Thanks for coming coming back in and thanks for being on our show because well, I've, yeah. I've definitely learned a lot. No, yeah. Thanks for having me here. So uh, this is Blockchain Asia and um, Michelle Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, and, again. and Ed Garcia. Ed Garcia. We'll see you next month. Next month. After Chinese New Year. So we've got Chinese New Year and right. uh, we'll do the recording next after Chinese New we'll Year. We'll do that. Happy Chinese New Year. Happy New Year and happy Chinese New Year to everyone. Happy Year of the Pig. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.